So good morning, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Kik, for such a nice introduction. We know each other over almost how many years? 20 years? Plus? 15? Yeah. We met when you guys started church in that small uh, store. That store. Well, it's it's really good uh, to be here. I just came shortly for some kind of conference. I called Pastor Keith, and Pastor Keith was merciful to me and invited me to come here. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, a little bit about uh, Croatia. As you saw, Croatia is a very strong Roman Catholic nation. We have less than 4 million people, so, le- so less people than in Dallas, Texas. Uh, approximately 6,000 born, uh, 6, born again evangelicals. Uh, approximately 140 churches. We have mega church. We have 70 people. It includes <laughs> kids and pets all together. So after 20 years of ministry, so I just want to encourage you that you do not give up. The sizes never matters to God. God is always looking for faithfulness and obedience. And we've been there for 20 years, you know, trying to be faithful. Um, it's not easy to, you know, to have evangelical church there because Croatians are identifying themselves as a Catholic. So that's your national identity. So they're not attending neither their own church. Only 10% attend the church. 90% are Catholic. And actually, they're not coming to check your church on Sundays. So you really need to be very creative to reach them. And we do, and we really do through many kind of uh, ministries. Uh, recently, what we, do, what we are doing, we, are, we actually planted one church two hours from our town. We have only two believers, but that's for us. It's a really big and huge step. And also, we support one missionary in Bosnia. So you heard about Bosnia. And in Bosnia, there is only approximately 350 to 400 evangelical Christians born again. So think about that. It's like one smaller church in Dallas, you know, or mid-size. And the brother is working for 17 years there and has only 12 people. So this is what I'm sharing, that it's, the, the numbers doesn't matter. You know, first question, of course, every time when I come to Texas or America is, what? How big is your church? And I said, almost 1,000. We are coming. But I always said, look, I still trust God and believe in him, and I'm, I'm sane after 20 years there, you know. So, you know, sometimes we measure success by numbers. But, you know, in the Bible, I don't, I don't see that, that success is measured by numbers. So pray for us, you know. We had this brother, has 17 years there, has 12 people. Nobody's working in his church and nobody's employed. 60% unemployment, 95% Muslim town. Very, very hard. When you, when you, when you think it's Croatia hard, and I said, like, it's triple hard there. So, you know, this is where we are working and, and, and hoping that, you know, through our faithfulness, God will do his business in those countries. So pray for Croatia, pray for Bosnia, pray for the Balkan region. We have so many wars. Every 30, 40 years we have war and communism and democracy and war, you know. So always something is going on. So we are hoping that there will not be any more wars and that uh, and then Croatia can advance and then gospel will advance too. Excuse me for my English language. I do not speak English language, only when I'm in the States. My wife, she's from Portland, Oregon. She's American, but we speak both Croatian language. So thank you so much for your patience with me. Okay, so if I, my eyes will be on my notes, please forgive me. And if you don't like my message, 
my wife is translating my messages. Okay, I will give you her email. You can contact her. <laughs> well, thank you again for your hospitality. I really appreciate it. So, I would like to encourage you from the Word of God. So, if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn with me your apps or Bible, whatever, actually. My church, nobody's carrying the Bible anymore. Everybody's on cell phones, so you can turn your holy cell phones or whatever. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. So the title of my message this morning is Seekers of God. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this time. We pray that you will help us by your Holy Spirit that will be able to understand your word and that your word will find good ground. We pray in your name. Amen. Seekers of God. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy. Up your fall of ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. It's in 715 BC, Prophet Hosea instructed God's people with these words. He primarily addressed the northern kingdom of Israel who... Toward the end of King Jeroboam's reign and despite economic blessings has fallen spiritually. And a similar pattern of moral and spiritual fall has taken place in the church today. In time of great spiritual and material blessing, believers often spiritually lay back and stop seeking God with all their hearts. And when God's people cease actively seeking God, church, moral and, and spiritual Failure often follows, causing problems in all segments of the church. And rather than seeking God, we become seekers of everything else but Him. The things of this world, material goods and ambitions, grow more attractive to us. We renounce the true power and become satisfied with spiritual crumbs. We put on a mask of godliness that leaves us all in a state of emptiness and barrenness without God's true life in us and in our churches. And I believe that now is a time like never before that we, t- we need to become the seekers of God. And the moral and spiritual failure of God's people has become evident all. Believers live immoral lives and divorce actually is on the rise. We are becoming just like the world as the line of separation continues to disappear. And the church has become apathetic and spiritual barren. And people are satisfied with religious forms and do not want to change. Some even... I figure out do not want to see new people in their churches because maybe they fear that someone might sit in their favorite seat. You know, we have grown hard and cold to our God and one another. And just like in the day of Hosea, without a desire for a true change, our hearts have turned to fall of ground that no longer brings forth the true fruit of Christ. And the only way is to see God together for his presence to return among us again. And this is why we ought to examine the requirements the prophet Hosea laid out for God's people in order to become morally and spiritually renewed. So first of all, I would like to say that seekers of God actively work on preparation as a precursor to God's blessings. So prophet Hosea said, sow for yourself righteousness, break up your follow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord Till he comes. So church, if we truly want to become seekers of God, we cannot just pray once in a while, listen to sermons as if they are bedtime stories without really doing anything. 
Is he Hosea sought of the people to actively do what it took to come to the place of God's blessing? They had to prepare themselves. So righteousness, he said, plow up the fall of ground and seek God's. And all of these are active verbs that indicate an action of some kind. See, what kind of preparation are we doing to in order to be blessed by God? See, we often think that a short prayer and seeking God for a couple of days is enough. We want to see the work of God, yet we don't want to renounce our disobedience and sin. Or we do not want to turn from our worldly lifestyle and seek Him in fasting and prayer. It is impossible, church, to have God's blessing without preparation. It would be against his very character. And please note, I'm not speaking in terms of grace necessary for salvation. But obedient preparation always precedes blessings. And, and when the three kings are led against the army of Moab, they had a problem. They wandered seven days without water. And the Israel king feared the worst, but Jehoshaphat called for the counsel of the prophet Elijah. And while the music played, he gave a very practical prophecy. He said God promised water, but they had to be obedient and prepare the ground for God's blessings. And they had to dig ditches in the valley in preparation for God's miracle. We read it actually in Second King chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible said, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, or your animals may drink. You see, they prepared the way for God's blessings. That was similar Elijah's second miracle, actually, when the believers came to pay their debts. The widow, if you remember, whose husband was also a prophet, sought for help from Elijah. However, for the miracle to take place, she had to make some necessary preparations. She had to borrow jars from her neighbors in order to experience God's blessing and... With the sale of a great amount of oil, pay back her debt while living on what was left over. The Bible says in Second King chapter four verse three. Then he said, "Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones." A similar occurrence took place with Naaman, who would not have been cured had he not obeyed the prophet and actually done what was needed to become healed. You see, he had to dip seven times in the river of Jordan. Naaman was a man, just as many believers, who did not want to make necessary preparation that paved the way for blessings. He wanted to take care of things in faith in a hurry. You know, Santa, he said, Pastor, can you just pray for me? And I, you know, I have one message titled, The Prayer is Not Enough. I can pray forever for you, but you need to do something, too. You know, it's always in the Bible. You do your part, and don't worry, God will do his part. But it's not that God will do everything. I'll just watch TV and enjoy my, and eat popcorns and just wait for God to move. Look, Second Kings chapter 5, verse 10. And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman become furious. He was a charismatic guy. He wanted, like, fast. I don't want to go, like, seven times and dip myself. And, you know, I want immediately a prophet. You can do it. Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and bathe himself of the place and heal the leprosy. 
So he turned and went away in, in range. The Bible says, and his servants come near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. You know about prayer meeting. Do you guys have prayer meeting? You know, pastor said, let's come and pray and, and see God for seven days or ten days and fast and pray. How many people show up? I was in one church. They have like 25,000 members. So I asked the question, like, do you have prayer meetings? Yes. So how many people show up? He said approximately 30. 30 out of 25,000. You know, we don't want to. You know, we don't want to work, you know, work hard. It's hard to pray. It's hard to fast. If it is easy, everybody will fast, like, you know, seeking God, preparing the way. Sometimes God will have some requirement from us. So see, we, we see the preparation is always necessary, church. Without the preparation of repentance, there cannot be peace with the Lord. Joel called the people to repentance and peace with God. He said in Joel chapter 2, verse 12, Now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. That's how you're turning to God. There would not have been even resurrection of Lazarus had the disciples not firm removed the stone. Have you ever wondered why always was some corporation? That was a piece of cake for Jesus to remove the stone. That would be like, stone go to the right, Lazarus come out, and be it done. But the Bible says, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who is dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone. John chapter 11, verse 39, 41. Church, therefore, without active and willful obedience and without preparation, we cannot see God's renewal among us at all. And church, if we continue to just passively listen, nothing will happen in our lives, in the lives of the church or in the town where we serve. Some theologian says that we do not really have to actively seek him because in his sovereignty, he will bless and reward us anyway. And that is true into that, of course. But I would like to be also bold to say that this is one of the most professional lies of the devil that is inspired in the church today. In the end... It is one of the reasons why we have spiritually dead and religious churches holding on their phony status without true life and the presence of God. And it is as is Hosea is reminding us of the principle of sowing and reaping church, which give us a simple truth. What we sow is what we reap. If we sow passivity in our flesh, we reap failure. But if perhaps sow obedience and preparation, we reap life and spiritual awakening. Paul also said in Galatians chapter 6 verse 8, For he who sowed to his flesh will of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he who sowed in the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us know, church, grow weary while doing what? Not while just thinking. While doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So for self-righteousness, reap in mercy, says Hosea. So if we sow in preparation of righteousness, we will reap God's eternal mercy. But Hosea chapter 10 verse 13 said, if, if you have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity. So church, first of all, says active preparation for blessing through the principle of sowing, bring God blessings. Number two. Seekers of God change their lifestyle. We don't want to be changed, you know. But come as you are. Of course you can come as you are. 
But when you are done, you'll be different. <laughs> no, come as you are and stay as you are. That's not, that's not the reason why there's a church, you know. Come as you are, of course, but when you get up, you're a changed man. The pro- prophet Hosea said, break up your fall of ground. So, church, it is impossible to be seeker of God and experience God's moral and spiritual renewal without leaving behind our old ways of thinking and living. That's about repentance. Changing the way of thinking and living. You know, today we said, I'm Christian. Everybody are Christians here in Texas, in America. You know, I'm Christian, okay? Like in my country, this is how I'm Christian. That means just you're not Muslim, you know. But you don't read Bible, they have you know, you live like, like everybody else. So once you repent and turn to Christ, you don't need to be like perfect, perfect. But there is some at least there's something about changing the way you thought and live. At least something, you know. What you repented of. Like you repented of what? Have you changed anything? People know. So maybe you need to repent again and change. For real. You see, we all desire for God to work in our lives, and we all desire to God to work in our churches, yet we fail to turn from that which hurts him. Our sin hurts God. Our iniquity hurts God. Our lust. Our immorality hurts God. Our selfish desires hurt God. Lust for riches and recognition hurts God. Disobedience hurts God. Grumbling, lying, stealing. What about anger? What about resentment? What about unforgiveness? You know, people say, we, we started new church. No, you didn't forgive to your brother. That is the reason why you started new church. Let's be honest sometimes, you know. like You know, people say, I don't feel I should come next time. There's nothing about your feelings. You have issue in your heart. But it's always good to be spiritual. So, Pastor, I don't feel I should stay here. <laughs> Explain your feelings. I went to one church in, in, uh, in Kenwick, Washington. I came to the nice, you know, let me talk a little bit and I will go back to the message. Do we have time? Two minutes. I went to one church in Washington. I said, Pastor, it's such a nice building, nice. You know, in Croatia, we don't have, that's our dream to have something. It's nice, you know, nice, clean. I really, I said, good. He said, well, he said, last Sunday we have one couple that came to our church and went to the kids' ministry and they saw kids' smudges on the windows, you know, kids' smudges. And they said they cannot come back to the church. <laughs> it's good I was not there. Because I'll tell him, you know what, you can go to maybe China or Vietnam. There's no windows. <laughs> Sometimes I'm thinking if people, those kind of people are really saved. Or do they understand at all what it's all about? It's not about windows. It's not about how your church looks like. It's not about carpets. It's not about... You know, lights. It's about Christ. And if you go a little bit away from that Texas, you know, some countries, you'll be shocked where people are meeting. We met for 10 years in church without heat. But, you know, we don't, it's not like Texas. It's like really cold. <laughs> and we danced a lot because of joy of the Lord, but it was practical. <laughs> for 10 years and then an external we met in nightclub you know yeah. sharing with some other two churches place church it's easier to raise our hands every Sunday despite the fact that we hate one another living in sin and darkness than to forgive from the heart 
it's easier to clap our hands than to turn from sin. We want to live according to our old undisciplined way of life, yet wonder why we do not have God's presence and power operating in our lives. And the time has never been more urgent for us to awaken from our life of sin and seek the Lord like never before, yet this time with a desire to change. And we cannot seek Him as we ought if we are not willing to change our old way of thinking and living and those things that are not pleasing to Him and began to live righteous life. If righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne, who are we to live unrighteous and ungodly lives whilst expecting for God to work through us? Without church repentance and righteousness, we are only playing the church. And once that is certain, regardless of our music and preaching, Regardless of our evangelistic efforts and Bible reading, God will not be with us if we do not repent and change. And you know, sometimes if you have money, if you have great musicians, we can create atmosphere that feels like his presence, but it will quickly fall, leading actually us to simply maintaining our outer image void of his righteousness. Christ said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. The Corinthian church thought they were spiritual because they spoke with the tongues of angels and prophets while at the same time openly living impure lives and fighting with one another. And Paul wrote to them and told them to become sober-minded because it is impossible to live in sin, void of remorse and desire for change, while at the same time to be spiritual and good standing with Almighty God. And he said, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34, Awake to righteousness, literally, come to your sense and do not sin. You cannot have your wife like stepmother. That's that's bad. That's that's not biblical. You think you're spiritual, you know, because you speak in towns. For some do not have the knowledge of God. He's right in the church. I speak this to your shame. That's Apostle Paul preaching, you know. No wonder why he didn't have a big church. <laughs> well, who will come to that church? Like Church of Righteousness or Church of Holiness or... Or suffering church, like everybody's avoiding and driving. See, the church of the suffering is just driving around. Find some victory church, you know. Hope church. Easygoing church, you know. Not like, not crucifixion or something like Nobody, Nobody liked to hear about that. But that was the message. You know, we created something that is not the gospel. But we call the gospel. We find that he spoke similar to Philippians when he told them, Be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, of the glory and praise of God. Because I am his righteousness. Of course that you are his righteousness. But you cannot live as a devil because of that. There should be some evidence that you are Christian. Peter said, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and so the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. But we like refreshing. He'll come to be refreshed. Let me tell you, when you repent from your sin, you'll be refreshed. We don't like that part. You know, in the last days, he will pour out the Spirit. Do you ever read like chapter before about calling for fasting and repentance and I have sometimes people come to my church like smoking. Man, I, mean, I don't understand why I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't understand? <laughs> it's obviously. You just need to desire to... Ch- you need to repent, brother, you know. You need to... You know, it's not about let's, let's speak in tongues. Let's, you know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, when I, I grew up, you know, 
One pastor told me, you should just repeat after me. I said, what? I said, it's not in the Bible. I said, in the Bible, you pray, Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't need your help. But when you repent and cry out to God for mercy and seeking him, not just because you want to speak in tongues, but you want to be filled with his spirit and be bold to preach and stand for years and be faithful. Sorry, guys, lunch is coming. Persistent seekers of God will not be left unrewarded. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. So, church, if we are persistent with God, he will reward us. Hosea saw that moral and spiritual decline is the right moment of seeking God. Hebrew word for time actually said the right time or season. He told them they needed to seek him until they saw renewal. Originally, this meant until he pours or raises or restores justice. So persistent seekers of God always obtain, if I can quote, positive results. For example, when the prophet Amos, who was among the sheep brothers of Tekoa, Amos chapter 1 verse 1, pronounced judgment of Israel, this is on the northern kingdom because of their grumbling, idolatry, and persecution of the poor, God gave them through him, other than the message of the coming judgment, a way of escape. When he said, for thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. But do not seek battle. You do not go to the conference. You know, let's, let's see God. Oh, let's, let's pay the ticket and go to the special place, the special preacher. No, no, no. And you go there. I'm sorry, Pastor Keith. There's nice, there's nice conference there on Sunday 10. You go there and there's like special, special. And then, oh, let's go to Croatia. Special, special. No, 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 no. You just need to seek him wherever you are. Either in your restroom, if necessary, whatever. Look, do not go to Bethel, nor enter Gilgal, nor pass over the Beshepa, but seek the Lord and live. It's not about special speaker, church. It's not about special worship. It's about special God. You can seek Him every, everywhere. Because He's omnipresent. He's not there or there. He's, I mean, He's everywhere. He said, seek me. Do not seek for the special preacher or special church. You know, husbands, with so much following personalities. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it with no one to quench it. The psalmist said, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Psalm 105, verse 4. Isaiah also said, seek the Lord while he may be fine. Call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Ezekiel in his prophecy said that God would make a covenant of peace with his people and renew them. And he said that if they would seek him, I will make them and, and, all, and the places all around my hill of a blessing. And I will call showers to come down in their season. There shall be shower of blessing. Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 26. Church, every revival, every spiritual awakening and refreshing comes as a reward as people turn to God and seek him with all their hearts. And before these historic revivals, people intensively saw the Lord until he reigned down in righteousness. Hosea also said, let us now, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the later and former rain to the earth. Hosea chapter 6 verse 3. And church, God always reward those who seek him. 
If we seek him with our whole hearts, he will return to us once again. He will refresh us, and he will fill us with new strength, and he will give us a renewed victory over the enemy and command the power of darkness to flee from us and our city. We'll once again bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Our church will be filled with new people. Our relationship will be bound by love, and they will be united and refreshed. You see, God came and visited the believers in central Los Angeles. And in an old Methodist church that possibly due to a loss of members has been turned into a barn located on Azusa Street. And you read accounts of those who are true seekers of God. I quote from 2,000 Years of Charismatic Christianity by Eddie Hyatt, saying, Prayer was the greatest activity in the Azusa mission. Now think about that. Not special speak. Prayer. One man declared the entire place was used in prayer. Preacher William Seymour. He said God placed such a great hunger in the heart of that man so that when the fire of God came on him, God was glorified. Are listening who was glorified? God was glorified. I do not believe that there exists anyone in those modern times whose life is so filled with God. The power and might of Pentecost spread like wildfire around the world. And the black preacher preached to my congregation of 10,000 people when all at once felt this power and might. People began to shake and cry out to the Lord. God was with him. See, church, that happened because they were active seekers of God. There were also two women who sought, who sought the Lord for their pastor, Deal Moody, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I quote, says, while they sought God and prayed God rewarded them because in 1871, D.L. Moody experienced God in a way that radically changed his life. And this is how he described his experience, D.L. Moody. He said, I was crying all the time that God would fill me with his spirit. Well, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day, he said. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. Paul had an experience of which he never spoke for 14 years. I can only say that God revealed himself to me, and I had such an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. I went to preaching again. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new truth, and it hundreds when converted. He featured this kind of blessing and refreshing for the whole world come as God's reward because William Seymour and like other people were true seekers of God. They knew if they sought him, God will bless them. When I say bless them, it doesn't mean material blessing, but it can be spiritual blessings. And one thing is certain, they were not passive observers but actively seekers of God. And my question is, what about us? Will we continue to become passive observers or will we decide to become active seekers of God? Will we prepare the ground, free our hearts from the blockage of sin, and change our thinking patterns, our wrong attitudes and lifestyle by the help and the grace of Almighty God so that we can finally experience the rewards of refreshing and power from above given to all that His seek His face? So let us decide today to be true seekers of God and seek God as never before. Hosea said in chapter 14, verse 9, Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them, for the ways of the Lord's are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressions stumble in them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are praying this morning. You'll help us to be active seekers of God that will understand your ways.
And help us that you'll give us your power of Holy Spirit to remove any blockage of sin, any obstacles that is standing between us and you, that we can experience renewal and refreshing, not in our lives, but in in the lives of others who are surrounding us. We pray in your name. Amen. Pastor Keith.